Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. Water. Earth. Fire. Air. You're listening to the Television Archive, the show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved media. My name is Thomas Clark, and this is Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. My brother and I discovered the new Avatar, an airbender named Aang. And although his airbending skills are great, he has a lot to learn before he's ready to save anyone. But I believe... Aang can save the world. Today we will be discussing The Legend of Korra, Season 4, Episode 7, titled Reunion. This is a very good, very satisfying episode. I, I love that in the midst of This building intensity, uh, in the building of this intense, very real, very scary, formidable threat of Kuvira and the formation of the new Earth Empire. I love that in the middle of all this, they just took a break for a week and just did a nice, fun, self-contained low-stakes episode where we finally got to see all of our heroes, or at least three-quarters of our heroes, together once again, going on an adventure like old times for the first time this season. And it just felt like this delightful callback to a much more innocent era of these characters' lives. A delightful callback to what used to be. Uh, It was really, it was a really satisfying change of pace. It was a really satisfying diversion. See, I keep doing the same thing. I I keep starting to say diversion and then changing it to divergent, but then changing it back, realizing that that's the wrong word. I don't know what's wrong with me. It it added as this nice... It it acted as this nice diversion from the ultra-serious, very grim main plotline. So, I guess we'll start by talking about the driving force of this episode. uh, The plotline between Korra, Mako, and Asami. And, And I love, by the way, this opening sequence that happens... Just before we get into the meat of the episode, where Korra returns with the Airbender kids and Opal to Air Temple Island, and everyone's so excited, like Korra's hugging everybody, having these nice reunions, and then Tenzin's like, okay, I want to hear all about what happened at Zaofu. And Boomy's like, we're going to kill the mood. <laughs> it's like, it just goes from really joyful to incredibly grim immediately, Because Tenzin's an asshole. Uh, But then we get to this nice reunion in this restaurant scene between Korra, Asami, and Mako. And also Prince Wu's there. By the way, I feel like it's important to point out. uh, We get this nice little scene where 
Asami and Korra are talking, and Asami comments on how much she likes Korra's new haircut, and Korra blushes for a moment. Hmm. Hmm. We'll talk about that more later. <laughs> we'll talk about that more later on. Uh, but we have this nice little conversation where they're just sitting down and talking about everything that's happened. And yeah, they do have some minor kerfuffles. Like Mako gets a little pissy about how Korra never wrote to him, but she wrote to Asami. <clears throat> I think I'm, I hummed that like Five episodes ago, so we'll just table that. But still, hmm. Uh, Asami brings up the fact that she went to see Hiroshi, and Korra is concerned about that. And Asami gets a little defensive in regards to that concern. Prince Wu is there trying to flirt with Korra, and it's just. Dude, it's not happening. <laughs> it's painful to watch. It really is. This dude cannot take a hint, ever. So, Prince Wu, in the middle of all this, decides he wants to go to the bathroom. He almost makes Mako go with him, but Mako's like, hey, no, no, go away. And then, of course, um, <laughs> because Mako didn't go into the bathroom with him... Prince Wu got captured immediately. So Mako goes to check on him. He discovers he's not there. Korra searches for Prince Wu. Uh, sees this one waiter dude and is like, Hey, have you seen Prince Wu? No, I haven't. I'm in laundry. <laughs> Literally pops his head out of the truck that he's going into. That this waiter dude's going into right after he said, I haven't seen Prince Wu. And I love the line, I'm in laundry. <laughs> uh, but Korra, Mako, and Asami then go on this epic chase uh, to try and hunt down this truck. Try to, re, uh, try to rescue Prince Wu. And it's this epic, epic car chase. Where Asami's just going nuts. And Mako, by the way, is like completely put to shame in this sequence. Like he's like, hey, go that way. Why are, why are you going on this road? I know these streets better than you, idiot. I made some of them. Korra gets out to jump down on the truck. And Mako's like, hey, what are you doing? Sit down. Like, Mako is just the biggest dumb. He is a dumb, stupid moron. And I love that he is now being portrayed as the dumb, stupid moron that he is. Uh, so Korra jumps down on the trunk. Uh, on the truck, rather. Why did I say trunk? Korra jumps... Dr I can't talk today! Korra jumps down on the truck. Jesus Christ. Metal bends it open, stops it, uh, interrogates this one dude, and he's like, 
<laughs> Prince Wu is halfway to I can't talk. I can't talk. This isn't even like the usual tongue twisting flubness. Like it's just I'm flubbing every other word now. Oh my god. I I've gone bad. I've gone bad. I like my mouth's gone gammy today. Oh, he's halfway to Kavira by now. So apparently they switched trucks while Korra lost sight of them. And then like, oh my god, where are we gonna find Wu? We could be anywhere. And then Korra breaks out her little uh, spirit vines trick. And tracks down Wu and is like, oh, he's heading towards the train station. So we get this really awesome train sequence where uh, Mako, Asami, and Korra find the train that Wu's on, go and rescue him, and then have this big battle on top of the train, and it's awesome. And they rescue Wu, and it's all great, it's all awesome. Uh, again, like I said, low stakes, like just a nice, delightful break to see the banter between Korra, Mako, and Asami. And then uh, they're like, hey, well, uh, Wu can't go back to the hotel, clearly. So they bring Prince Wu to Asami's place where Mako's family is staying. And Grandma is a big fan of royalty. <laughs> the grandmother... Really loves all things royalty. So she literally faints at the sight of Prince Wu. <laughs> this bumbling moron has this old lady fainting. It It's nice. It's a nice way to end that plot line. Uh, what I also really love is this plot line with Bolin and Varric. They're going on their quest... To go back to Republic City and warn everyone that, hey, Kuvira is trying to build a spirit vine weapon that's going to hurt a lot of people. I also love that their definition of walking through the woods is one of them has to give a piggyback ride to the other. And in the midst of their stupidity, uh, they get caught in a trap by some prisoners of Kuvira. Who are not earthbenders, but in fact... Water and firebenders. So apparently, Kuvira is is trying to. What's the word? Trying to imprison people who are not of Earth Kingdom origin. So, if you're from the Water Tribe, prison. If you're from the Fire Nation, prison. So, that's a thing. They're... They're literally imprisoning people of other nations. Like, I feel like they didn't make nearly enough of a big deal of that. I feel like they didn't make nearly enough of a big deal of the fact that 
Kuvira, the great uniter, the leader of the Earth Empire, is imprisoning people who are not of Earth Kingdom origin. Simply because they're not from the Earth Kingdom. Or Earth Empire, rather. They did not make nearly enough of a big deal of this reveal. Like, that's some Hitler-level shit. Or, for a more modern-day example, some Trump-level shit. Like, holy crap! What the heck? That is... My god, that's bad. That's really, really awful. And yet another reason why Kuvira is actually uh, a despicable human being. So, Bolin gets into this fight with the prisoners as he's trying to convince them, hey, we're not working for Kuvira anymore. The prisoners start to believe him after he doesn't burn them in lava. And so they form this plan to try and get through a checkpoint. Uh, Bolin and Varric posing as people who have not fled Kuvira's army. And I like how Varric talks his way through this <laughs> checkpoint. Talking about how he had to fight all these creatures to get these prisoners. And is like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't have the paperwork. I had to shove it down a hog monkey's throat to keep it from eating me. So you will let me through. <laughs> and then they almost get through. And then someone who's not bad at their job sees that they're wanted fugitives. And he's like, hey, they're fugitives. And so we get this big, awesome action sequence where Bolin's doing all the lava bending. Uh, these fire and water benders are going up against these mechs. Varric makes an EMP and shorts out all the mechs and just knocks them on the ground. And in the process of this, Bolin, who could easily just leave those prisoners there, makes a decision that, yeah, he wants to be better than Kuvira and does some really expert lava bending to save them. So these prisoners and Bolin and Varric, they're all good now. They're they're in it together. Uh, and they get on this very rickety-ass boat that is barely seaworthy uh, to go to Republic City. So now everything's good. Everything's awesome. It's all great. Except we then get our ending... Where Batar Jr. and Kuvira are at the swamp and are like, man, these vines, they're even more spirity than the ones at Republic City. We can make an even more powerful weapon with this. And Kuvira's like, okay, chop it all up, take everything. I would uh, like it all. I'm just now making the connection. Spirit energy is essentially the nuclear weapons of this universe. Kuvira's messing with nuclear weapons. Essentially. And, uh... Oh boy, is that gonna be a deal. <laughs> oh boy, is that gonna be a big thing. 
in the coming episodes. I'm just gonna shut up now until I accidentally spoil something, but, uh, yeah. Stuff's happening on that front. Uh, anyway, that's the end of the episode. Go away now. Uh, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's as simple as just a push of a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash ThomasClark. Pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support this show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, On Monday, we will be discussing The Legend of Korra, Season 4, Episode 8. Talk to you then.